0: for Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom, and I'm Chuck. And uh, we're back this week with uh, we're getting some we're getting some interesting guests. Chuck, who did you bring us this week? Because I know we're gonna have a hell of a time teasing each other on this episode.
1: Yeah, so we got Tiny Peter. Um, so
2: <laughs> I'm big in Korea. I'm big in Korea.
1: I mean, he, he's a firefighter. I've worked uh, near this this gentleman. Um, he hails from uh, somewhere in uh, Southern California, and. Um, yeah he likes to fight fighters uh likes long walks on the beach and loves to play with his hose and other people's hoses i mean who doesn't really
2: whenever whenever you can that's right doctor said so doctor prescribed <laughs> it <laughs> I, I
0: was in a i was in a class recently with the with a couple of retired cops retired firefighters and stuff like that and uh firefighters sitting in front of me in the class and uh, guy next to him we were teasing each other back and forth a couple seats over this guy's not a cop or a firefighter but he he's you know been working like school security for years so he knows you know cops and firefighters stuff pretty well and he's like yeah my uh my wife her ex-husband is a firefighter if you left a firefighter for me and i said oh would she uh looking for somebody that would cheat on her less (laughs) i'm not one of
2: those i don't have much game
0: you know, what's you know, what's interesting is like it would be totally funny for me to actually see some data on who are the more scandalous because cops are always going to say that firefighters are more scandalous and firefighters sure. are going to say that cops are more scandalous. And I feel like it's really, in all honesty, it's probably neck and neck.
2: It might be. A tie. It, yeah, yeah.
1: Put it yeah. this way. I would probably go with cops because <clears throat> and I'm not trying to say anything. So don't the fucking shots fired. Get, get over yourself. <laughs> Um, When I was going through my divorce, the funny thing was, is that when uh, uh, when my current wife went with now, when she was telling um, like the whole story of who I was and whatever to uh, a family friend of hers and that I knew because they did all the loans on my house and shit. And she was like, oh, he cheated on his on his uh, on his wife. And she's like, no. Everyone thought that I was the one who was doing right. it. I was like, no, dude. Right. So it's like that stigma has gone around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, it's probably from the, cause a lot of them are military and stuff like that, but you know, well, it's, I was it's probably told, neck and neck. I was told to early nice on
0: thing. that you're never truly a veteran police officer <clears throat> until you drink coffee, grow a proper mustache and have your first divorce. <laughs> and, and I mean, let's face it. That's a sad state of affairs, but it's kind of, <laughs> I, I've be never truth? been divorced. I've never been divorced. I mean, Pete sounds you like, have a you're, mustache. like you're going strong. Not yet. Not that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're the minority, right? I mean, right. I, I can't, you know, I, I can't think of a lot of cops or firefighters who haven't had at least one divorce.
2: I mean, it's a life experience yeah. that goes in there. Although I did, I sent a text to my wife earlier today and she just replied back with unsubscribe. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, are you getting the groceries oh or not? Unsubscribe. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: Text reply. Stop. If you
2: <laughs> you have successfully
0: <laughs> sorry. Last we recorded our last locker room episode, and uh, Matt told the joke so bad that Marco unfriended him in real life. <laughs> <sighs> oh anyway well are some show. of the best jokes though oh they are right the stupid I, dad jokes
1: that are just so fucking jokes. dumb they make you laugh <laughs>
0: dude puns and dad jokes like if it because here's the thing they're always dumb but when they're really brilliant they're kind of genius
1: yeah they're so stupid they're funny
0: yeah, yeah. well but i also like wear this, new
1: balances so
0: i, I, I wore them shorts. in the academy and then never again
2: <laughs> how many can you fit in there Okay, good, good. <laughs> <You> suitcase him.
0: <them. laughs> oh my goodness. All right, well, Peter, uh, welcome. Uh, we're glad Thank to have you, you here. How, so why don't you? we start with uh, how you got into firefighting and, and how long you've been on and kind of your journey to where you're at now.
2: Okay, um, so I've been fireman 20 years, paramedic too. I'm in the Los Angeles area. And if uh, any of the employers in that area have any issue? I'm not reflecting their opinions; they're mine. Blah blah blah. Um, I was a lifeguard first. Uh, oh. I was like an EMT lifeguard, but like at a pool, not like the beach where you're running around.
1: Well, the not sun. the ones who are making like two hundred plus thousand a year. Right. Yeah, right. Wait, what? Correct. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Is that what a, <laughs> is, that what a overtime, is that what a county like, yeah. is that what a yeah. county lifeguard makes?
2: Yeah, I mean they're like on the same kind of pay schedule as like
1: the. <clears throat> The highest so paid I, city, city, not city, but county lifeguard for Los Angeles County who works at the beach and the ocean and shit. The like highest David paid, the, well, the, right. the one who got the biggest paycheck, I think, was like $500,000 <clears> or some shit this last yeah. year. Jesus. Maybe <laughs>
2: in a different rank, though, right? Like a lieutenant or something?
1: I think, yeah, I think it was like brass right, yeah. or something. But, entry
2: level, entry but, level, probably I mean, 200 come easy.
1: On, right? Overtime. Oh. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, they'll get their hourly is probably at 35, 40. Damn. And so it's not hard to see, even with the overtime, and then they have all these opportunities, probably for like training, or they sit down with somebody and do like a civilian class on how to recognize the need for CPR and whatnot.
0: I, it's amazing to me. I, I mean, honestly, the the fact that lifeguards would get thirty-five to forty dollars an hour, it seems <clears throat> it's like okay. When are we going to be honest and just like absorb the lifeguard into the fire department and then? that's where you have to start. Like you're saying, like the cops that get the boat detail on the lake, you know, not everybody gets to work the boat, but damn it. Once right. one summer, you know, taking people to jail for, for boating under the influence and, and telling girls to put their bikini tops back on. It's not a bad gig.
2: I got to think that the lifeguards, I mean, even if like you're at the busiest, like at a Venice beach or something at the time, Zuma, they're busy. Isn't necessarily like rescues. I mean, it's all community. Right. Oh, hi, what are it's, you guys doing? Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of that. Yeah. So it's like a slow station. Like if I were to quit it to the fire department, it takes quite a bit of time to get to a slower station. Right. But you're still paid the same yeah. salary. Mm-hmm. But there's across the board. I don't think they're they're super busy in that way. They might have to do a bunch of driving around and surveying. I could be all wrong. This. I see trash. I see it right there.
0: If we you have know, anybody that's a really high-paid lifeguard that wants to be on the show, i i will be fascinated to hear you tell me why it's thirty-five to forty dollars an hour to to sit right. in those towers and get a tan. Well, you, so you, you have to get wet, spot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So you started out like as a pool lifeguard, like the community pool. Oh yeah, like, big time. Yeah. big time. Okay.
2: In the summer, you know, walk, go back to where you were. I saw right. you running. Um, no
0: you know, diving off, in the get shallow the end.
2: Right, right, right. No, no jumping on backs. Hey guys, could you could you knock it off? We can't do that.
0: Hey, you're too young to be you on know. that side of the floaty line.
2: Right, right. You got to swim across in front of me if you want to get the diving board.
0: Yeah,
1: don't pee in the pool.
2: That was ever really? I mean, because how do you know? You, right. you say, "Oh, I saw you."
0: I mean, contrary to popular there? belief, that blue dye does not is does not exist.
2: Not that I've ever heard. And yeah. the, the chlorine is so high. I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, you I get out of there, and your eyeballs are liquid, liquefying yeah. out of your head. Yeah. There's not much burning. that's going to
2: survive in the pool. And I mean, it's, it may be gross, but it's not like you're really getting some kind of infection right through the, in the pool water. Yeah. But I did that. And I was like, I didn't know how to really, I didn't feel comfortable taking care of like a blade nose, so but I'd get those <clears throat> as a lifeguard. And so I go, what's next? And I go to EMT school and I thought, Oh, this is awesome. This is bitch. And then I saw a couple of shows like uh, emergency and whatnot. And there were the, the medics. Yeah. And, um, it just seemed so cool, but I, they were all firefighters. They were all fighter fighters first. Right. And I thought you had to be firefighter before you could go to medical school. <clears throat> and so I went along that path. And after a while, I figured out you didn't have to. And then also it's more desirable if you became a paramedic first, because then they would grab you like, yeah. Right.
0: You're more likely to get hired <clears throat> as a firefighter. With yeah. A paramedic prior as opposed like, to back what you think. then
2: thinking. it was like if you had military experience, you get all more points on your um Interview and whatnot. Mm-hmm, right. If you had um, a degree, you get a, a few more points. So it was one of those things. Oh, but you're a paramedic. Oh, yeah, we're short on those. It was started where they really tried to bump it up,
0: right? Because so that's, that's training they don't have to put you through,
2: right? That yeah, 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 yeah. I think they say it's like seventy grand or so per person. Wow, overall, because they got to pay someone you know hire behind you. You
0: can they either, either send them to Bruce paramedic is- school or hire a lifeguard.
2: That's fine. <laughs> I mean, they're obviously qualified, right? (laughs) That that was it. So then I, uh, as soon as I was a paramedic for like a year, I started applying with the fire department and it was pretty quick. And there's a lot of stories where people took forever (laughs) to get on the fire department, but I was at a time where they needed medics badly. And I already had like a year experience, so I was also another double level up.
0: Okay. Mm.
2: That's why I got in. I'm about 20 years now, 21 years. <clears throat> um and i've been off injured maybe a little bit uh seven eight months off for of my back
0: yeah it's, that and seems to be a big in for cops and for you know? every I, I, was, I was once told every back has an expiration date yeah mm-hmm.
2: well i mean the majority of stuff is you're carrying people up and down the stairs pushing around corners and it's always uneven i mean most of the time i got hurt it's like you're carrying a gurney with someone on it. Right. And it's like, we got you. And as soon as you turn the corner, they're like, oh, and it shifts all the weight. Right. And you're like one foot on a step and one step, one foot down. And it's just always bad that way. But then you fall, a few, you know, a few falls here and there, and it all puts together. Uh, and then you like try to call crawl around in small spaces with stuff on your, you know, your bottle on your back. Right. Mm-hmm. That'll add it all up. I mean, it just makes sense, and you're up all night, not all night, you know, but you're up. No, but yeah. A couple times a night just dragging around.
0: And they Makes don't get sense. no postrepedics in the firehouse, you know. No. No. Right. Makes sense. <clears throat> it is. It is. Um, or I don't know about for firefighters. I know for cops after a certain amount of years on the job, backs and heart conditions are presumptive. You know, right. it, it, it's yeah. just they know well, this job's going to screw up your back and your heart. So
1: I think it's like anything like, uh, like five years or seven he- years. I've seen it under five that's yeah. been presumptive. Yeah. So like three, something like that. So it just goes to show you like how stressful these jobs can be, how demanding these jobs can be, depending on where you work and, you know, stuff like that. But
0: And for the listeners wild. that don't know what we're talking about, what we're saying is, is that if you develop a back problem, a back injury or a heart condition and you go to a doctor and you have been on the job for X amount of years, <laughs> they can, Make it a workers comp claim without having a specific incident to point to and say, oh, this is this is this, you know, this call is what did it or no presumptive meaning. Oh, you've got it and you have this job. Yeah, it's work related because at this, you know, at this stage in your life, you, you know, you have the back of an 85 year old man at 37.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we have it for cancer, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
2: we get the fumes and all Mm -hmm. that. Right. Yeah.
0: So you get your paramedic and you come on the fire department um, and then you just start working your way through the ranks, I'm assuming. And, and how did you how did you find it? Was it was it like, oh, I did the right thing or was it like, holy shit, what did I do?
2: You know, um, it's like my my parents are the medical side. My dad was like a physician. My mom is like an RN. <clears throat> they figured I was going to go in their footsteps. I was looking at like PA school. Mm-hmm. That's half. I mean, why, why do you I mean go through so much for medical school? <clears throat> and uh, I was working on the private ambulance and we're at a hospital and some LA city guys came up and I saw some County guys and they were always trying to like recruit kind of. Right. And so I, I talked to one of them, got a number and they, they helped me out. And, um, till, to this day, almost my mom is like, when are you going to get the real job? <laughs> How long you got to go to the medical school? Okay, all
0: right. Right. <clears throat> when are you gonna yeah. quit playing around and right.
2: do something serious? Settle down. Yeah. Right. And I didn't. I didn't promote yet. Uh, I don't think that I. I don't know if I might. But I mean, I'm toward the end of my second part of my career, you know. But uh, I stayed as they call it, entry level because paramedic is not a promotion. Right. Um, it's within the firefighter rank. Right. So I stayed that the whole time.
0: Oh, so you you never wanted to, because I, I know, guys, and it's not, this is not a knock on guys that want to do this. I know a guy who, who pushed a black and white and wouldn't go above two stripes on his arm for his entire career. Oh. And, and, you know, his, it, it, I heard him and another copper that was thinking about promoting, having a <laughs> conversation. I was still a rookie. It was my rookie year. Uh, my rookie card hadn't even come out yet. And uh, they, these two old salty guys, one is a got about seven or eight years on thinking about promoting the other one's got probably 25 years on never going to promote yep. and uh, he says so i'm thinking about promoting and he goes why would you want to first place in a cocksucking contest still a cocksucker <laughs> and so it's not a knock on people that don't want to promote i totally understand you don't get to do the job anymore once you promote past a certain level it becomes yep. Administrative.
2: Yep. yeah administrative yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to insert my <clears throat> joke that's kind of like yours.
0: Uh,
2: sure, that one cocksuckers that you know. You know but um, it I, I kind of find that there's a as I just floundered around. I just kind of was doing my thing. I went to a little bit slower station, a little bit slower station. Where it's different in other departments where some of the guys are like, dude, I can't get in that station. They're the busiest. I don't. We we were not like that as a whole. We're always trying to get a little bit slower. Right. Um. But then after a while, because the the field and the entry level and I got to be just careful just in general how we kind of present it but you sure. know you're dealing with the brunt of it all right you know you get the public at all levels some some of it's very good some of it's just hard to deal with sure and mm-hmm. so at, at, at some point you're kind of like oh, I want to not do this anymore I want to do something else I want to do a different position I want to look at this through a different way or I want to be at a desk not to have to deal with that as much right um but by the time that hit, I was already at ten years or so, and and in ours we have this kind of pecking order. Like you can't even touch a chair, watch TV until you got three or four years on. It's changed since then. There's a different kind of generations Generation coming in. in. Oh yeah, a little bit different. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I I I was always there like an hour early, you know, for years. And so around twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen years, when I thought that I wanted to promote, I really didn't. I I really. As far as, like, the so there's ways you can go is be, like, a supervisor, which we have as, like, a captain. Right. <clears throat> but I didn't have much fire ground experience overall. I mean, you could compare it to, like, a podunk department somewhere else, and I am, I mean, I could be their chief. Right. But I, myself, it wasn't really even my initial, like, oh, my gosh, I love fire. I want to go to fires. I wanted to be the paramedic. Right. And so most of the time I shied away and I would go, well, I'll take the ambulance today. Oh yeah, I'll take the ambulance today. You want to be on the brush crew today? Ah, it's okay. I want to hump, hump hills all day. <laughs> right. We You kind of stayed in your bees. wheelhouse.
0: Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it was lazy. It, yeah.
2: Well, maybe but not. I mean, I mean if you're, you're really enjoying it. You're doing the work, but yeah, right. but it was like the, what I wanted to do. I was right. more comfortable doing that. Um, the other side, I mean, I guess I maybe uh, get a little advert to manual labor and the fireman side firefighter side when you get a fire it's all manual labor
0: right
2: you know the cleanup and everything they love this for you know 12 minutes of glory of actually you know playing the game with the football and you're making touchdowns and the the next two hours from 2 a.m to 4 a.m you're scooping stuff in a little basket and carrying it outside Mm -hmm. and smelling this stuff from 2 a.m to 4 a.m or whatever Mm -hmm. and I i didn't like that but you get to a point, and it's like, well, do I have enough time to promote? Can I make a difference? You know, because there's stuff you can learn as a supervisor at that level. Now you're responsible for a crew,
0: and you can take. And care I didn't of think
2: them. that I, yeah, and I didn't think that I wanted that responsibility, or if I was up to that level. Because when I was coming up, the supervisors in front of me, oh, they were they were all badass. Like I was,
0: yeah, like real a smoke shell. eaters.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, they walk across something. I'm like, how are you going to I'm not going to, you know, I'm skittish right. compared to them. Now I could easily go, OK, it almost is like, yeah, I should have done it because not to not to knock people, but at their best. OK, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I could do better than that for you for to help the citizens.
1: Right. I could do better
2: than this. I could handle that administrative situation better. This person, you know, pissed in your toothpaste.
0: <laughs> I it can, sounds I like can handle that. It sounds like you had a little bit of imposter syndrome where you're looking at the yeah. guys that came before you and you're yeah. comparing yourself to them and you're going, mm. yes, I can't, I can't I'm not what they are. I'm not. Yeah. And so you were, you were kind of downplaying your own worth yes. and your own value. And then these young yes. guys come along and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute. If, if yeah. these dickheads can get promoted, yeah. if yeah. this is what we're looking, I'm, was yeah. I wrong? I think I was wrong.
1: Yeah. What I think, I, I, think, yeah. I think your, your whole, um, thought process behind it is more old school than anything, because I've known so many, so many coppers who are like, no, I'm not going to promote until I have a solid 10 years on the job because I know what I'm doing, you know, or eight or whatever, but I'm going to make sure that I've worked patrol for a solid, uh, five years before I even decide to promote to like a training officer. And before I'm a Sergeant, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I've, I have so many years of patrol experience because that's what I'm going to be doing. Because when I become a supervisor, when I become a sergeant, I'm going to be working patrol before any type of specialized unit. So I need to make sure that I know patrol back and forth. And it sounds like the same thing for you. And then when you start seeing these these rookies underneath you, these boots, you're like, what the fuck? And they're already promoting to.
0: And they think that they don't have imposter syndrome. syndrome. They have. No, they have the opposite. There is an opposite yeah. of it. Yeah. They like, have
1: big dick syndrome.
0: Right. Yeah. They have, the, like, you know, nothing, they have they have uh, they have participation trophy syndrome.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's ridiculous. And it's a, I think it's a new breed because i oh, see so yeah. many, so many uh, I've seen so many Officers get promoted to FTO or even supervisor, And you're like, what yes. the fuck? And then you work with them and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're horrible, oh. dude. Oh, yeah. or they start yeah. asking you for advice and you're like, yeah. how did you get through
0: <laughs> you're the one with right. the stripes, dude? But, Not me. Like, damn, I wish I had, had tested against you. I could have kicked your ass.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: There was a, at one of the last stations that there was a girl happened to be a girl, but uh, like we'd go to a, a fire here and there. And I was on the engine with her and it's like, you have a certain kind of job that you're responsible for one or two things. And it's like, If that's tied up, then I do it. You know, we help each other out. It's like we're doing all this stuff. There's a fire, like a sushi restaurant. This was in Northridge uh, about three years ago. And she comes to the door. She's supposed to cut the door open. I'm pulling out hose and getting everything ready on that end. I'm doing a few other things. And her one thing is to get this door, because that takes a bit of time. She may have to go back and get a different tool or whatever. She was still in the fire engine after we were trying to go in. I had to just, I broke the door. Um, she was going to cut it with a saw but she says I couldn't get my breather my air bottle out of the fire engine what's it's like oh. a seatbelt, and sometimes it gets hung up but that was her whole thing so she was standing there waiting They were actively engaged in fighting fire no one else was there yet actively involved in this five minutes in and it's like where is she and we, we know she's outside so we're not concerned about safety but her excuse was why well, couldn't it was stuck you want to come out
0: mm. it's
2: like something that you can't not overcome
0: right that's tell not, someone tell like, someone nearby why or, did you yeah. shoot the suspect why well, I, I i i wasn't strong enough to rack around in the <clears> chamber <throat> right no, no you can't that's right. not like that's never no acceptable an acceptable yes right you
2: can have an excuse later of like yeah i didn't i failed to perform my my portion i couldn't do that fine maybe that's an answer but it's an explanation It's an explanation yeah because of that, no one ever said, well, it was fine. We got it knocked down. No one would ever go after her uh, yeah. and, and challenge that. And that was, that's the, I mean, they are the grooming her to make her, you know, supervisor. And uh, it's just, it's hard mm-hmm. when it's like, and then for the years, the imposter part, like I thought, well, I'm, I'm probably right about, I'm the lower end of average. I'm not too good at this. I'm not too good at that. And you go to a different location and like at this place I was in uh, like in Pacoima I got a lot of experience but I was on the lower end of all of them because they had so much experience when I go to Northridge and we're primarily taking elderly people you get fires there I was doing things like you you already did that you shut that off you did that yeah I, I thought you were gonna get mad that I didn't do it you know right. so
0: you were doing things that you thought were the expectation and they were surprised by like
1: your initiative right yeah well i mean you go for different team one yeah. team
2: this is the lower end and this right. other team oh wow you did that too okay you know
1: yeah yeah, yeah. So like going from a slow station to a or a fast station to a slow station where the fast station what you're doing is the norm because it's so fast and so you yeah and that you you have to do it so it works smoothly and then you go to a little mm-hmm. bit of slower area and you're still doing that and people are like what are you doing overachiever are you already got that done you're like that report's already taken you already got yeah. the info yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well you know, that was quick well that's what i'm used to you know right. what i mean yeah
0: there's there's a big component of uh for me when i was testing <clears throat> promotions and stuff like that it yes there was i want to better my career or i want to you know put myself in higher positions in advance and, and have a good career p- trajectory. But I'm not going to lie. There was a, there was a large gut component of in a paramilitary organization. I looked to my left and I looked to my right. And I said, there's no fucking way I'm taking orders from either of these two dickheads. Right. Right. You know,
1: and I that same, that same <laughs> fucking thing. Where I'm like, dude, that guy. Yeah. yeah. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Like, dude. like,
0: like I was like, if I don't promote this has insubordination written all over it. <laughs> so. Well, Peter, I I know you've got stories, so I I can't wait to hear some of them. I sometimes the firemen that we have have on bring us some of the most legendary tales uh just because I thought of, of a
2: few. Yeah. Um I see how you which way you want to go so I one that I thought of in particular I was probably about <laughs> 5 or 6 years on and uh we we're going to a traffic accident on the freeway. Uh it was on the 405 right around the 118. Okay. And um, it came as well be called physical rescue at our end, where you may have to use the jaws or whatever uh, to cut open the car. And I remember I was in the uh, EMT ambulance that day, and we were there first. We were coming back from the hospital or whatnot. And uh, we got to this car, and it was a minivan, and it was already catching on fire. And there was no one else there yet. We had the first vantage point. We just happened to be there. And uh, I guess so this story is traumatic for me. Mm -hmm. and for the person sure but it started catching on fire and the two occupants in the car were unconscious and because the ambulance is very limited on tools uh we were not able to do anything to get them out so they burned in front of us until the other crews could get there we could uh do anything we didn't have water right to be able to do it
0: you were there, um, and you could have treated them. Had you no, get we tried them out, to pry
2: but... them out, but the dash had collapsed mm. on their hips and their legs, so we couldn't remove them. So one of them woke up while they were burning. I'll Holy remember shit. that. Mm. And it's just hard because you can't. There's nothing really you can. I mean, you can't. There's nothing. I mean, we couldn't physically just take them out through the window like Deuce Hazard, right? And then two. I mean, later on, you look at it and like, well, if you did that and you and you ripped up their legs, you're gonna get you're gonna get sued. Right. Wait a minute. There's Good Samaritan too, and you know, there's complications of that. But we really, really couldn't do anything about it. We tried to pry the doors open, but it was just too mangled to get enough leverage or to get anything done. It was up against the guardrail on one side. But we couldn't get to them.
0: And you can't injure yourself. You're you're not going to burn yourself to death to try and extricate. Well, it didn't. People. It didn't
2: come out. I mean, even if you like, if we were to try to climb in, and it had rolled over. Right. So even if we tried to like climb in, trying to maneuver yourself between the seats in a minivan with the arm bar down. And yeah, it would have been ineffective. Is, right. Right. Yeah. If they were unhinged to the dashboard and we could drag them out, that would have been possible, mm-hmm. you know, because we have face masks. We have AirPods, sure. but um, physically taking them out, we didn't have the tools with the ability to get them out. Right. So that was one. I thought of that. Um,
0: now, I mean, is there, obviously there is, right? We all have been on calls where, you know, we've looked at people and we've known, like, there's nothing I can do for you, right? Right. right. And you, but <clears throat> is there a, um, is there a difference in getting there prior to knowing there's nothing, like you get, you got there and you're like, okay, maybe there's something I could do. And then you do the assessment you know, because if you've been on calls where you show up and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I know this is going to suck," because I know there's nothing I can do. Right. This is you show up and maybe there's some hope that there's something you can do. And ultimately, yeah. 30 seconds, 30 to 60 seconds later, you realize. Wow. OK, all hope is hope is gone. The only you know, hope we have now is the extrication tools get here in time. And then yeah. it, you're, you're basically watching a clock. Tick down that's got to have a different effect than just showing up and, and being prepared for it to be hopeless.
2: Yeah. Because at the time, and I've run it through my head here and there, you know, over the years, but like at the time you're just continuously in motion, So you're trying to, you're trying to pull a door. You're trying to twist something. We have like one tool, maybe in it, like a, like a pry bar, crowbar mm-hmm. trying to do something and you're in action mode. So there isn't room for creative thinking of like anything else you could really do. Like maybe is the, the roof it means a thinner tin, you know. So maybe if it's already got a hole, maybe you can like a can opener, or maybe you can pull it up, But still, they were still lodged inside. Right, it's still, that the dashboard the that's
0: got them pinned down.
2: Yeah,
1: right. And let me guess: the the call never came out that the the vehicle is is a uh, no on not fire. First. Yeah,
2: no, no. Yeah. Uh, so you're, that re,
1: that right. that sends a different response. You know, they're not mm-hmm. sending the, you know, all the engines. They're sending you know the ambulance is right. getting there first, and it then was a basic, the engines like, on traffic. the way. And, Right. Yeah, basic right.
2: traffic accidents, so everyone's <laughs> kind of... But
0: eating, even then, when the you get there and you see that it's catching fire and you put it out, things are already in motion, but yep. they're right. just not... In, it, it goes so quick. At that point, it, yeah. It, it, if you've never seen a car catch fire, it can go incredibly yes. fast. And, and it's and, insanely right. hot. And it's, it is it yeah. is insanely hot. It is insanely hot.
2: I don't know what really burns, but all the hoses and everything just just perpetually The rubber the
0: and the glue yep. and the... Yeah. yeah.
1: Once tires but, catch... Box. yeah yeah
0: oh tire fires because it. it'll, it'll
2: <sighs> fuel whatever else so you they, it also does take a while to catch most of the time
0: mm-hmm.
2: we're always telling people like if they jump back from a, a regular car accident fender bender is it gonna blow up <laughs> no, right no, the movies. no we're good no it's not you gonna know but then this could go deep because this is what we might be going for but you as i've replayed it over the years i even thought of like should i have tried to knock out that person that was oh. burning to death yeah you know, like, and then later on, like, I'd have a dream, like, well, I got arrested for that or something. Right. You know, right. Yeah. and then I would try to justify, I was like in a court trying to justify, no, they were not going, they were in excruciating pain.
1: Right.
2: And I tried to help. No, oh, that was wrong. You know? And,
1: um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's always that. What if, what if, what if yeah. in these, in these crazy critical incidents that you get involved in, you're like, you could, what if it to death, but at the, at the end of the day, you did everything in your power that you were legally allowed to do. Yep. And, you now are gonna to have to live with with that because that was everything that you could do and you did your best and you know you have to learn to to cope with it. And you know, for those that are listening that, you know, you're only allowed to do so much. Like if you're like, well the person's suffering, let me just go snap his neck. You know, you can't do that. It's yeah, a no. suicide is yeah, illegal. Go ask Eddie Gallagher. Right. Yeah, like it's just yeah. there's so many things you can do and you can't do, and we're always gonna constantly what if it's death because we are problem solvers. Yeah, That's yeah. why we got into first responding because we want to solve people's problems. We right. want to yeah. work the problem and fix it. Yeah, right. Not everything can be fixed.
0: And you bring up a good point, Chuck. Is as you're standing there, you're you're dealing with stuff in the moment, but later on. Like when you have time to think, when you have, and, and believe me, you will have time. You have nothing but time. You have time where you wish you didn't have to think, but what, what comes next, or what I guess maybe people don't understand is you can sit there and say, I did everything that was within my legal authority, scope and power to do. I, that was my job. I tried to do everything according to the book, everything that I was trained to do if you think for one second that your your inner voice is going to be convinced by that right if you think that that that's going to okay. dissolve you or it's going to make you feel like there's you know okay cool yeah you're right i did everything i was trained to do we can move on no <laughs> that's not you know yeah. that it's your your inner voice is never going to be convinced by that logical prefrontal cortex that says i did the numbers and i no, there's that emotional brain that's yeah. gonna that's gonna second guess it and say but but they were still people and i'm still a person and there's other yeah. things that could have been done but i would would that have been the right thing to do you know right. would would that have been the moral thing to do would that have been the the yeah those those two things are never going to be on the same page right mm. yeah I think that's a good point that people don't really realize is that you have to, you have to understand that those two voices are mutually exclusive and they don't necessarily agree most of the time. Right. Yep. Uh, I
2: thought of another one. Okay. So um, I mean, I guess it's another, I mean, so it's kind of similar, like traumatic, but
0: uh, that's okay. This, this is, we're just rapping, man. You tell yeah, us whatever yeah. you want.
2: Uh, this was very early on. I was training uh, and we were in an ambulance and we came up a little bit uh, behind the first crew that got there. So, this guy had apparently tried to kill himself and he took like 100 aspirin in his like apartment. <sighs> so, like an hour later, he's like, I don't have a headache, but I'm not dead. Right. So, he got a sh- his shotgun and he was in his like tub. And he tries to put it under his chin and reach, but because the barrel is so long, he tilted his chin up and it shot off just the front of his face.
0: Mm.
2: And so now he's riding in pain. Maybe the aspirin helped a little, but he ran and was just running around. He said he's he's naked and he runs out the window of his third floor apartment. We don't know any of this just yet. All we know, is he comes out and he falls through the window of his apartment. And he's going down, and it goes right into an underground parking lot. So he landed on a car of this old lady that was driving in, and she hit the gas from freaking out. And so she fly, flies, whatever, 200 feet toward the back, and hits the back wall of the underground parking. And she's unconscious, and she looks like she, I mean, she was hit chest. Her, her sternum was fractured and everything. And we come up there, and first we're like, you know, there's two patients but then it's like where did he where did he
0: how he did fell? he get
2: yeah
0: yeah there's that a little bit be, of a puzzle to solve there
2: yeah yeah You, i mean you get back out it was already was nighttime so we couldn't really didn't really connect it but it made sense once you like did he jump on the car and when he it, it accelerated into him it looked too massive for the force that was applied to the front of the car
0: and you're going how did he right. get you know? this facial wound like yeah you're, right right you're like that is so yep that's that's like some CSI shit where you know everybody's trying to figure out how somebody got the injuries because they're completely inconsistent with the scene, mm-hmm. right? And you got to walk it back. Mm-hmm.
2: And he survived for oh. a couple of days. He died of the aspirin later, but she died oh, wow. from the impact. It like caused a massive heart bleed.
0: Yeah, you know, fuck, oh my man! What a fucking yeah. asshole! Like. <sighs> I, I, you know, I, I understand he was in pain. He had had a lot of things going on. That's why he decided to end his own life.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: He took somebody else out with him by accident because yeah, happenstance. It's just that's the shit that like you try to make sense of. You know, you try to you try to kind, and you're never going to be able to. You know, and there is, uh, I'll, I'll admit it, there is an element that a lot of myself included, a lot of first responders get where you get hostile towards suicides because you see so many things that have been done and you see the aftermath. They're dead. They're gone. They're not suffering.
2: Yeah, they cause a ripple or there's a consequence secondary. Right.
0: right. And I'll tell you, I, we, I have an academy mate who experienced the same thing. His first week out of the academy, guy went to blow his head off with a shotgun. Only he flinched. And all he did was completely blow off his lower jaw, nose, and eyes.
2: Just nicked himself, okay.
0: And you know he's a week out of the academy, and he's trying to deal with this guy and 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 tell him, you know, everything's going to be fine. And when it's clearly not, never going to be fine again. That guy lived. Yeah, he survived. And you wonder, was the merciful thing to do to let him die? Because that's what he wanted to do in the first place, but we got there in time to be able to save him. And now his existence is even worse. And those ripple effects you get, you do start yep. to I, I, maybe anger is not the right word. Maybe it's more resentful or maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys can come up with a better. Word. Yeah. Maybe chalice. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's like you, like, like, you know what? Fuck you guys. Another one. But yeah. I, I, and I, Hey, I've had family members that have, again, I have a, my uncle, my son's name's after my uncle. And he, tried to kill himself numerous occasions. The, the the cause of his cause of death is at this point, still we couldn't determine if he was accidental or deliberate. And um, so I, I get it. I understand the mechanisms and the the heartbreaks and the things that drive people to it, but it doesn't make it any easier for me to, to, to be <clears throat> sensitive to like, I, I don't think I could ever be, a, a, I could never work a suicide outline. Oh, just, yeah. I could never do it. Not at this point. Maybe in my younger days when I was still human. (laughs) I guess. I don't know. That's crazy. I can't imagine, like, getting there and seeing her hitting this wall, this guy with no face, lying on top of the car. And uh, Crazy.
1: It's so sad. I mean, it's sad that 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 poor lady fucking was just pulling into her apartment. Next thing she knows, she has this fucking naked man with no face bleeding all over the fucking place falling. on yeah, no wonder she hit the accelerator she freaks the fuck out and now she's dead because she just crashed into a wall because some dude just jumped onto her car that's bleeding all over the place it just blew his face off and now she's dead because this guy was just having a bad fucking day and didn't want to live anymore and decided to take him take his own life yeah. out and then run out a window you know and, like it's and- sad
0: I'll go even a step further and say the guy who committed suicide, his family has to deal with the fact that wow, he was so sad, he was so depressed, he he felt like he needed to end his own life. What a hell of a way to go. But the family of the little old lady is like she was she was happy. She was fine. What the f- seriously? Right. Yeah, the you know, there's the anger of the family. senseless anger. Like, yeah. Right. It just
2: like I don't know how controversial I could. But when you hear the stories of something where the guy uh, tried to take the uh, gun from the cop, and then the guy, shot the the officer shot the perp, Mm -hmm. and then the family later is, well, how, why would you do, I mean, he was a college student. He was about to, you know, and they have that type of commentary. It's like that, but it's applied properly on the story I had. Right. Like, she was, I mean, she was just doing her own thing, you know, I mean.
0: Right. It's, uh, I think that's where the, that's alone, where the mentality yeah. should be shifted yeah, from. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent agree. It's funny. I had the, this conversation with my brother-in-law recently. Um, he lives near me and he's, he's a, he's a doctor and um, he's, you know, lived his whole life. He's, he's about eight years younger than we are. <clears> lived his whole life. Pretty mellow guy, you know, did sports, went to college, went to medical school, has a wife, four kids practiced. The other day he, he gives a call cause he was out test riding a, a bike and uh, you know, he fell off the bike while he was test riding it and he got his bell rung. and he called and we, I, I drove over there and I drove his truck back to drive him home. Cause he just didn't, he just felt a little shaky. And I was asking him some questions doing, you know, my basic, like I've been a cop. I've been on scene for head injuries. The medics have told me what to do. I'll, I'll, I'll just do a quick once over on him. And he goes, man, I, I can't believe how foggy and unsteady he says, like, I I can remember stuff, but at the same time, as I'm trying to talk and explain things, it's disappearing. Like when you're trying to tell a dream to somebody and I said, okay, now take that and imagine you're a cop, you're fighting a suspect, an unarmed suspect, and he rings your bell like that and gets you up one side and down the head upside down the other on the head. And your bell is rung like you're feeling right now from just falling off a bike. Yep. Only now he starts trying to get your gun. Right. And he's like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yeah." Right. Imagine feeling like that in a fight, and then feeling somebody's somebody else's hand on your gun, and realizing if he gets that gun, I'm dead. Yep. And yep. he was like, "Oh, yeah, it, it makes total sense now." And I think people don't people don't realize that's the framework that sure, yeah, you have. Yeah. So reminds you know. me
2: of a scene in Jack Reacher. He's in the bathtub. He's getting his bell rung. He's hit by the porcelain or whatever. He was—I mean—he was about to be out, mm-hmm. and then the guy was just going to take him out. But he has—it's that you have that narrow focus, and there's an instinct that's developed, especially in your profession. I have a little bit of it for survivability, probably. Right, sure. But it's like I have to do one or two things right this second to ensure my safety right now, or it's over. Right. And you, that window cuts down and that adrenaline kicks on or whatnot, and you, you're you able to execute it. And if, I mean, if the story goes good. Right. You know, and right. most people don't even understand that. They can't even control. Well, they've never adrenaline. had that moment in their life. Yeah. For anything. I mean, right? you get it in doses as a teenager. You know, you almost got hit by a car when you came around the corner running, you know, on your bike.
0: Right. Right. You know
2: how to con- learn how to control adrenaline so that you actually can use it to focus. It's right. just flipping out.
0: Most people, if they've had a brush with death, it's been an involuntary one where by the time their brush with death is over, they had no decisions or input to make on that right. brush with death. Yeah. Very few people have the moment where they brush up against death. They face yeah. their own mortality and actually have an active participatory right. role in the decision making process to save their own life. Yeah.
1: And that's just and it's wild.
0: A, that's yeah. That's much different. That is much. That's where you learn. Yeah, having a car go right past you on your bike at ninety miles an hour—that'll get your heart pumping for sure. Yeah, yep. But it it won't stick with you. I mean, it'll stick with no. you in the bicycle safety sense, but it doesn't change like a fundamental decision making no. process.
2: Right. <laughs> no, I like. I remember I was on a roller coaster once at a fair, and the, 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 the harness came up, like it released on me. Like if I, if I let go, I'm going to die. Right. And you have a short amount of time oh, this little corridor of decision making and it shuts everything else out. Like I didn't, I didn't even know what was anyone that was around me. I didn't know who I was sitting next to. All I knew is I had to like wrap my arm this way and I got down and they were like, what did you break it? What happened? You know, I mean they're they're just not processing it.
0: Right. And I'm just
2: walking away in a cloud, like, you know,
0: Yeah, it, and it, it, it
2: teaches you. It transpires to, to fifty other things. It may help you with the next fifty things.
0: Yes, right. It sharpens mm-hmm. you. It, it yeah. and it, you know what's funny is I, I always say once you've once you've been to that edge, once you've stared down that abyss and made those kinds of decisions, you it changes the way you see things forever. And you will say, I'll never let it get that close. I, you know, I'll never do this. I'll always do that. I, mm-hmm. It makes some fundamental changes in the way your brain is wired and that's, that's I, again that's also part of ptsd you can't go through an experience like that without getting your wiring changed right. right
1: and that's why officers who are involved in officer-involved shootings they get into more uh officer-involved shootings after that initial one yes because they have already brushed up against that they yep. already know they're like i'm not letting it get that close again and then the second time happens and they're you know, to shoot. it's, it's, it's oh, justified, yeah. but they get into more shootings because now they know they're like, no, that shit's, it's getting too close and this right. is way too dangerous. And then, you know, a shooting happens. It's, it's that type of thinking and it goes to back to also, you know, you get tunnel vision and you learn how to operate under that stress, but the best person who can operate under stress can still be susceptible to tunnel vision, yep. especially in a high stress Fight for your life or fight in general, you know. Um, That's what you have to train against it. it. It happens, you know, and yeah. it can happen to the best of us. And you may be good nine times out of ten, where you're like, "I didn't get tunnel vision. I was very good in operating under stress and, and not getting tunnel vision and being able to notice hey, have tunnel vision and break it." But there are times that one time after that, you know, maybe that tenth time. Maybe you get tunnel vision for like a minute, but a minute could be too long. Maybe it's 10 seconds, maybe it's 20 seconds and it can still happen to the best of us. And we have to be able to to really fight against when we, we notice that tunnel vision happening and then breaking it and it it still can happen, but you just, you have to try to fight through it and break that tunnel vision so that, you know, what's going on around you. It, It happens all the time. That's why you see so many, you know coppers or, you know, firefighting guys who drive the the rigs or the ambulances, when you're driving high speeds, lights and sirens to a very stressful call, or maybe it's one of your partners is down, or maybe it's someone who just got shot and is fighting for their life and you're hauling ass with lights and sirens. It can, tunnel vision can happen in driving right. and right. you have to be able to know when to break it. And if you have a good partner, they have to know when to break it. Yeah. And, but it can still happen and you know, you got to fight against it. It's, 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 it's wild. When you get tunnel vision, you're like, holy shit. Uh, especially no, while I didn't after, know that happened. Especially Right.
0: After. Yeah. You're like, during it, you're kind of like, uh, yeah. Autopilot so, on some things. Yeah. So Peter, I have a, I, I wanted to see if this maybe resonates with you as, as a transferable kind of a thing we were talking about once you've been that close, you know, been in a, been an officer involved shooting. Cause I can tell you and Chuck can probably tell you, and I, I, anecdotally i don't have a research study to point to but that feels correct that once you've been that close or once you've had to pull the trigger or once you've had somebody try to kill you you go back and you look at all those other incidents where you probably right. could have died and right. didn't realize it or didn't didn't realize you were as close to it as you were and then from that point you like chuck and i said you decide it's never going to get that close again and so you're more willing to take intervention take action do the hard thing earlier because you're never going to let it get that close again do you as a firefighter did you ever experience something either fighting fires or as a paramedic where you you had that same kind of like turning point moment where you you see something or you 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 experience something you you take action against or for something that you realize holy shit all these other times before this i was i was dumb like i should have done this a lot like there's a couple of times where i'm here by luck and i should have and, and never again i'm going to make sure i do i i i'm going to do this moving forward man
2: no i don't think i i haven't had very many near death situations maybe like falling or something but not uh, that critical uh i think I have maybe seen that in a very small degree, like um, instead of trying to do it this way, I'm going to do it this way and it's faster. Mm-hmm. I might jump into it, I mean, it might even just be like a comp, self-confidence thing on other things where I see a pattern of like, okay, this always is going to happen this way. I'll do this, mm-hmm. but I don't have too many to put together to get to that
0: conclusion. Like that one pivot moment.
2: No. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've had ones where, and it's not like a, a whim where like, do if we were here five minutes earlier, that propane tank would have exploded next to us right it might i might have had that story but it was like well we weren't even on the call when that happened so it wouldn't have happened anyway right but i didn't have anything that was like dude if we we did make a wrong turn and we went around the block and that saved us i didn't i haven't had anything like that Hmm. um no not really
0: but you have had but you have had things that you've seen it happen over and over like and said, oh, I'm going to make sure I carry, you know, this with me, or I'm going to make sure I do it this way from now on because, you know, I, I've seen it happen. Yeah,
2: and, like um, I have uh, probably have like three utility knives on me at all times, three or four flashlights,
0: right? Wire a flashlight. cutters,
2: couple wire cutters.
0: Have a flashlight die on you in the dark, and you'll carry two flashlights for the rest of your life. Yeah. Have your second flashlight yeah. die on you in the dark. You'll start carrying a third. Right. Yeah. Batteries yeah. in your pocket. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Ha- run out, you know, for those of you who've ever had a magazine go, you know, run out of magazines. Oh, I need to carry more magazines. Huh?
1: Yeah. You know, makes sense. I learned to clear doorways really quickly. By not finding somebody? Early. Okay. Early fucking on, because I almost took uh a deadly object straight to the fucking dome piece. Yeah.
2: Because if you're it you're in the work. way of it, if you if you don't clear
1: it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I was lucky to have a supervisor yank my ass out of the door. Because he saw it coming, I would think <laughs> in terms watch, of,
0: like for firefighters. You, I always, you know, you for a lot of us cops, we always refer to backdraft. But like, you know, checking the door for heat, right? And then you know that it can blow up on you at the backdraft and all that stuff. Everybody remembers that scene, you know. Uh, but I can imagine if that happens to you, that it's never, it's never, it doesn't happen to you twice, <laughs> you know. Right,
2: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. I think that's kind of what I I I feel like if it didn't happen to you, it certainly does still happen.
1: I could see it happening more frequently with patients. You know, like, um, you know, when you're treating a patient and something goes goes wrong, and you're like, well, that's never going to happen again because right. like, this is someone else's life. You know what I mean? I could see that happening,
0: or maybe for sure thinking somebody's going to be code four, and so you don't strap them down trying to be nice. And then right. they go sideways and you're like, nope, I don't care how nice they're being.
1: Everybody gets strapped down. Right. 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 Yeah.
2: I can, yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah. It goes yeah. back to like making sure that the person in the back of your car seat, when you, you put them in there, when you arrest them is, is, is buckled in. And if they unbuckle, you pull to the side of the road to buckle them in and you make sure that your doors are double locked so that they can't pop the seatbelt, unlock the door Get and then jump out of the, uh you mean like that in car video where the
0: yeah. patrol car rolls and the, suspect in the back gets ejected out the rear windshield.
1: Or one that happened in Los Angeles where a female got arrested. I think she was like drunk for a DUI or was like drunk in public or something and she gets arrested. She gets put in the back seat. Whether she got buckled in or not, doesn't matter because she, suspects can unbuckle, ends up opening the back door and jumping out on the way to jail because she didn't want to go to jail. And this was a long long case and you know we had to make sure that doors are double locked you're double checking the doors your partner's double checking the doors mm-hmm. to make sure they're double locked you know you that, that, that the buttons you push you know more yeah more more safety features came involved in the cars right. that even if you don't press that double lock on the car door you know it's still locked from the inside on a child lock yeah. right you know uh, was making ours. sure you that they're buckled the child in lock. Right.
0: the back doors had a child lock period at the end
1: yeah and that same chick tried to say that the cops um sexually assaulted her and threw her out or some crazy shit and it came she they found out that she was lying of course and you know the coppers got uh exonerated um and stuff like that and then next thing you know now there's cameras in the back seat right yeah Yeah, now there's cameras in the back seat and there's you know to make sure that if someone makes these accusations you know yeah the people are covered and there's cya built in
0: well, Peter, I want to have you on again, man. This is this is fun. I like rapping with. You. I love I love it when I I end up rapping with firefighters and stuff like that. Where they they, you know, it's like uh, you you're able to to joke around and and talk about stuff, and you realize like even though the the mechanics of the job are different, and we tease each other mercilessly, there really is that like like we, we are we're brothers. We're we're on the yeah. same side. We 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 experience the same things. I mean, even from from. You know how, how the general public can sometimes treat us even though right. i i know firefighters typically get yeah. a little bit better treatment like we if a little old lady yeah. comes to the station with brownies you guys are allowed to eat them
1: we're like <laughs> right. oh what poison's in here what right, we're, foods like, right. Put in
0: this? we're like thank you yeah. mrs o'leary and then you throw them in the trash you
1: tell yeah. the boot to eat it and then you watch them right
0: yeah. wait well, those taste good still, those chocolate chip good? cookies mm-hmm, x mm-hmm. chip cookies um so but the even down to like what you're talking about, about promoting or about dealing with admin or, you know, that's all. These are all these common threads that are, are so it's kind of, you know, why this show exists. Cause I've discovered years and years ago that whether you're a cop, firefighter, a veteran, an emergency room nurse, you know, you, you, if you deal with human misery professionally, you're going to find that all of these other issues and other kind of things go with it. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I bet you, you have some
1: funny transient stories too. <laughs> I mean, hey, transient I put one. funny. I oh, put okay. teaser.
2: there was a, uh, a gal that we went on all the time. I won't even say the area. So I don't want to get,
0: no, you don't want but, to give uh, away she's where probably
2: in the thirties. Yeah. She was in the underpass of this freeway all the time. Um, We'd always joke about who's going to, we call 814, meaning pronounce her dead. Mm-hmm. She'd have seizures. And, um, and uh, I remember one day we were driving back from the hospital under the freeway. She's blowing her brother on the sidewalk in plain view, And she had a seizure while doing it. We we're passing the <laughs> light. I'm like, oh, dude. Like, we <laughs> have a certain duty to respond. We have a certain duty to re- react. But they were a little bit back. But the public could probably see that we're both like, dude, what the, Uh,
0: you know, (laughs) awesome.
2: She's blowing her brother, and she sees in the middle of it because he's going like, you bit me, and (laughs) luckily, someone else had called a couple minutes before that because we were trying to leave, and another ambulance comes up that was assigned to the call. Okay, we're good.
0: The cops but show up. He's like, oh, you're just supposed eventually. to put your pencil under her tongue, right? I was just trying. I didn't have a pencil. He fucking bit me. <laughs> yeah. You're under arrest. You had, you had your,
2: your dick halfway out. No, it's all the way out. Uh,
0: okay.
2: <laughs> put it in your report that it was only halfway out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jesus. That's... Uh,
0: okay. I I have to. <laughs> I have to compete then because I don't okay, get to tell okay. the story very often and I wasn't, I wasn't right. there for it. So, so it's, it's, since, it's story, since it's not my story, it's not my story. This is the perfect time to tell it. So, uh, these two coppers that I was working with, they go to a, a domestic violence call and the, they separate the male and the female and the males in bed and the females standing there in the living room and, uh, the male, they're talking. He says, so I'm, I'm, I'm laying here, uh, you Know and, and my wife comes in, and uh, you know, she freaking uh, is harping on me because we got to move and we're supposed to, to get out of here. Um, or he says, this, I was uh, my sister comes in here, starts yelling and screaming at me because we got to move, we got like three weeks to get out of here. And uh, and I've, I've worked all night and I just need some time to rest. And she's mad that I'm trying to get a nap in, you know, and I'm not looking for a place to, to live right away. And so, so, to get her to leave me alone. You know, I just wanted my sister to leave me alone so I could get some sleep. And so I just kicked outside the covers to, you know, be like, get out of here. And so he kicked outside the covers and got her in the knee. And so she, you know, screaming, yelling, calls the cops. So the partner's interviewing the female half. And she says, so uh, my husband and I, we're living together and we're, we've been together for a long time and we're about to get evicted. And I come home and, and he's. Just under the cover sleeping when he should be looking for a place to live, and so they go back and the two cops are starting to talk and the one cop says, "So it's a, the two seven three five domestic violence." She goes, "No, no, no, it's not." And she goes, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Well, they're not. They're married." And he goes, "Yeah, they are." He goes, "No, they're they're brother and sister." And he, the the other cop goes, "No, no, no, they're their husband and wife." And he goes, "What are you talking about?" The, the guy saying that's his sister. He's like, "Well, the girl's saying that's her husband." So they go back over to talk to the female half and they're like, ma'am, who is that to you? And she goes, well, it's my husband. Okay, it is your husband. Well, we're not technically married. It's more like common law marriage. We've been together for like nine years. Well, because he's saying you're his sister and she just screams, does everybody have to know our private business? It's not your business. <laughs> and it turns out they had uh, different, uh, different mothers, I believe but the oh. same father and they had been checked. It's close.
2: Pornhub's going to sue Pornhub. You can't have any more of the stepsister stories. <laughs> stepbrother. Can't have any more oh now because it's too close.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oy. Anyway. So, yeah. This is, this is the stuff you can't make up anyway. Well, uh, I appreciate it. Petey. You you, you got to come back on and tell us some more of these stories, especially if you have more homeless brother and sister. seizure, sure. Dick biting you know sure. those are those are quality stories right all there all in a day's work and what well, by the way did she did she get pronounced off of that call
2: no it was, oh, okay. it was a few weeks later i was yeah. thinking
0: maybe she bit off the tip and choked on it or something i was it was that good <laughs> i don't know
1: <laughs>
0: well Chuck uh since peter doesn't have our dedication i believe you do
1: <laughs> i do um it's not on ODMP yet but this is straight from the news <clears throat> broadcast uh that happened a couple days ago um off-duty Monterey Park police officer was shot and killed in Downey. He's been identified. And Downey, California, an off-duty officer with the Monterey Park Police Department was gunned down in broad daylight in a busy parking lot, just steps away from the entrance of an LA Fitness And Downey, officials said, around 3.45 p.m. Uh, Monday, the Downey Police Department responded to a call outside the gym in a busy shopping center located in the 12,000 block of Lakewood Boulevard. Uh, Sky Fox was over. The scene as part of the parking lots were closed Off due to the investigation, investigators said the officer identified as 26-year-old Guardiel Solorio of Bell Gardens was shot multiple times while sitting in his car. Security footage shows at one point, Solorio's vehicle went backwards about 25 feet and slammed into a parked van, possibly as a way to escape the gunfire. Solorio had joined the department as a recruit in January, but only graduated from the Sheriff's Training Academy on July 22nd and began his field training on July 25th. We all knew from the moment we met him that he had the heart of service and was going to be a great officer, the Monterey Park uh, Police Department Chief Kelly Gordon said. And I could tell that from the moment he walked in the door um, and did our first introductions in my office. The family and department are grieving right now, and this is an especially difficult tragedy in the senseless act of violence. He was only 26 years old. I don't know about all of you, but I have children that age. Due so to me, this is particularly difficult. Friends of Solerio said he dreamed of being a policeman since he was a child. He was living his dream. Why would someone kill him outside the gym? Her friend said. At this, at this stage of the investigation, it is unclear if the suspect knew the victim was a police officer. A description of the suspect was not available. At the of, uh, investigators believe there are many. <clears throat> there may be more than one shooter. Authorities said that there are multiple avenues of investigation, including the possibility of this being a carjacking or a robbery attempt or a possible road related incident. Uh, a procession was held Monday night as Solorio's body was transported from the crime scene to the LA County coroner's office. Silerio was survived by his parents, brothers, sister, and fiancé. His family has started a GoFundMe to help pay for the funeral expenses. Homicide detectives worked overnight and continue to canvas surveillance footage with information is asked to contact downy pd i read the whole thing because this is particularly difficult and i feel like to do that justice it has to be read in yeah its entirety
0: yeah well rest easy brother we got it from here and uh hopefully we won't have to dedicate an episode to uh a husband and wife um because i wanted to add that uh just in in one of the most terrible turns of events it was a husband and wife both off-duty deputies out for a ride on their motorcycle. And they stop to fix the chain on the bike, and this is from Anderson County, Tennessee. Uh, it was David and Constance Schaffner, both deputies with the Anderson County Sheriff's Office. Uh, they're they're fixing the chain on their bike, and an, another off-duty deputy accidentally runs them over with his car. And the husband pushes the wife out of the way. She gets minor injuries, like a, uh, some a broken bone, uh, and lots of road rash, but the husband is in a medically induced coma. Um, because he's got a skull fracture and a brain bleed. So um there's GoFundMe's set up for that as well. You can look up Anderson County, Tennessee, GoFundMe, or you can look up uh deputy uh David Lucas Schaffner, S H O F F N E R. Either one of those GoFundMe's. But uh let's let's just uh hope that uh both those deputies make uh, speedy recoveries.
2: The salute on him. I mean, even in that moment he thought about someone else.
0: Yeah, thought about yeah. his wife. No. Wow. I mean, I I would probably pull mine in front of the car. But I've been married a lot longer than he has, so <laughs> I can only <laughs> say that cuz she doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> if she listened to the show, I'd be in big trouble right now. <laughs> we'll all be in trouble probably. Uh, it's true. But she'd come after you guys just for being here when I said it, right? Sure, sure. What,
1: what did the connection with how? What'd you say?
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, um well, uh, again, Peter, I appreciate you coming on the show, Chuck. Good to see you as always. Do you want to take Thank us out?
1: Yes. <clears throat> Thank you all today for listening. If you like today's podcast, please go follow us on our Instagram at war underscore story underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. If you already follow us and share our post and our info, you can get, you can also go to link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook to reach all of our socials, our media and our website. Our podcast is on all major podcast streaming platforms, as well as on our YouTube. If you want to go support us, please go to our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Grab some gear. Uh, we're going to be having, and uh, I think about two weeks, the tank tops so will be making a drop. So all you guys have been patiently waiting. That's mm-hmm. coming. Hats will be coming shortly thereafter. Uh, we still have some movie hoodies, some shirts, patches, and stickers left. We will be doing some, uh, well, I just said that. So
0: strike yeah. that. If you
1: want to be featured on our show and you think you have a story or want to share your story, please go to booking.warstories at gmail.com. Again, that's booking dot war stories at gmail.com and send me your story and I can get you booked. We are looking for law enforcement, corrections, dispatchers, fire, medics, and veterans. If you have a friend who you would think would be a great fit, let them know about us and give them our booking email. Again, thank you for the support and stay safe. Again, uh, if you've already been on the show and you want to come back on the show, please reach back out. Um, it gets you know jumbled up in there with you know a bunch of other emails and old emails and trying to go through and making sure I've talked to everybody. I can't get to everyone, so if you've already been on, you haven't heard from me, please just reach out and be like, "Hey, I want to come back on. This is my story. Give me your cell phone number. I'll give you a phone call and we can get you scheduled." Um, sometimes it happens by the seat of our pants. We might have someone lined up and then they they uh, say, "Hey, I have to reschedule." So then we go to the next person. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it happens pretty quick. So work with us and we'll work with you. And uh, we look forward to having everyone on and sharing their stories and, you know, helping others who are going through the same thing or, you know, we just want to make light of something and maybe want to bring an uplifting story or a funny story or, or make fun of each other. Story. Yeah. Or make fun of each other. We're, we're here for everything. So, yep.
0: well, uh, we appreciate you coming on, Peter, and we'll uh, definitely have you back. And for me and Chuck until our next episode, come home with your shield or on it.